This is Two Nerds in a Joke with Robert and Ernie. Thank you, disembodied hot girl voice. This is Two Nerds in a Joke with Robert and Ernie. I'm Ernie. And I'm the ever-loving Robert, always. I don't know about ever-loving. Well, Ernie, you would know, but that's a separate conversation. Never. Oh, but I love me and Ernie. We have guests, Robert. We have guests. We do have a guest. Yes, this is true. Sorry, not in front of the uh, not in front of the children. Uh, <laughs> today we have a very special guest. Actually, uh, to keep our motivation up and uh, talk about some other very cool things, we have Artisha, um, the proud owner, founder, and creator of. Could you give us a group name? Your organization? Yes, it's T Bold Media Group, which is a little play on my name. Obviously, very exciting. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a very cool name. We, we, we need a group like that. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing out there with your glo- almost global yes. organization. Speak it, put it out there, put it out there. Um, Well, what I am doing, I am big on impacting lives because I spent about 15 years in the corporate world. Am I aging myself? I'm sorry if I am. Um, You're talking to do 15 years ourselves, so we understand. Go on. Okay, I love it. I love it. So I spent uh, nearly 15 years in the corporate world chasing after dollars and unfortunately neglecting the things in life that really matter, which is family, community, obviously, you know. And so I had a very rude awakening by way of a health scare just a little over a year ago now, maybe like 18 months ago now. And what I was doing on the sideline, which is motivational speaking, mindset training and empowerment coaching. And of course, Ernie will love this relationship advising. Um, I was doing that stuff on the side and I was just given space to do that full time. And so that's what I've been doing for the last little over a year now. So how how motivational speaking is such a weird field to me because you have to be articulate, which obviously you are. That's not a challenge. How do you motivate yourself to provide others with motivation? Oh, my gosh. It starts with a lot of coffee. Coffee first. (laughs) (laughs) That is the number one ingredient. Let me just be clear of that. But – You know what? This is what I talk through uh, with clients and friends. So the mindset training, you really have to put a concerted effort into what you think you have to tell yourself. Okay, this is going to be a good day. I'm going to help folks. I'm going to, you know, put myself out there. I'm going to be vulnerable, but I'm going to get back that love and that good energy. And I'm going to do what I was meant to do because I also believe that we're all born with a purpose. And I'm just so thankful I found mine. I want to help other people find theirs. Now, you also talk about relationships, which obviously it it almost sounds like your motivation can really pour right into that relationship field as well. How does that differ from the pure motivational side? So what I found is there are so many links, especially um, mentally and believe it or not, physically between work, uh, your personal relationships, be it romantic 
or family or, you know, just kind of brotherly, friendly relationships. And what I do is I help walk people through getting rid of what I call head trash. And I wish I could take credit for coining that term, but I can't. Uh, I was going to say, that's a good term. Yeah. Yeah. Feel free to use that. I stole it from someone. So it's yours. (laughs) But just, you know, we have that negative self-talk and what I know is true is self-fulfilling prophecy, right? So what you think and fear is going to happen, what you tell yourself, whether in your mind or out loud, like this is going to be a crap day. Oh my gosh, the coffee's not strong enough. The traffic is awful. The kids are dropping me up a wall. This day is just shot. But I know, and I've seen it, I've polled my clients, and I'm sorry I didn't bring those numbers with me, but when, when they have turned that around to speak out loud, because right when it leaves our mouth, it goes to our, our ears first. When they speak out loud and say, you know what, I'm going to conquer this day. I'm going to get my important things accomplished. I'm going to prioritize and I'm going to get through this. Or even if it's, you know, for Ernie, I'm going to meet someone nice today. I'm going to put out that energy and I'm going to get that back. I'm really, really big on energy because what you put out in the universe, you totally get it back. I I have to agree with you on that because what you were describing before about like, that mind focus, that's how I have to focus when I'm bending over to tie my shoes because I'm at that age now where like <laughs> noises come out when you do these things. And, and my daughter's always like, oh my gosh, daddy. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I totally, I totally agree with that. Like you said, um, it, it starts off with the mindset. Um, and Robert is always the one on the receiving end of it. But like I usually call him up like on my commute to work. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll go back and forth about like, hey, here's what's going on on both of our sides. You know, this is what work is doing. And, you know, um, some and I would have to say, like, most of the time it's me just venting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm a good um, listener. Yeah. Yeah. You, listener, despite the fact of uh, <laughs> being a very but, strange uh, man. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the, the whole so the whole speaking it out into like, into like existence. Uh, do you, do you think that's like a, like the easiest thing that somebody could do? Just like you said, like just wake up and say, you know what, I'm going to do this today. If I do this one thing today, at least I could say I did that. Yes. Yes. And what I also, um, uh, my book, which we could talk about a little bit later, but I'm also a big proponent of journaling. So that way you can celebrate your successes because how our mind works for whatever reason it it fires on a different cylinder that negative thing that impacts us and we remember that more often sometimes so when you have a journal whether it's you know in a device like an iPad or a phone or something or even a old school um, paper and pen journal when you can go back and see, hey, you know what? I did get something done or, you know what? I did set a goal and, you know, maybe I didn't get it done as soon as I would like to have had it, but I did get it done. So you can celebrate those successes. So that's going in your ear gate and your eye gate and see all of that feeds right into your brain and into your memory. And again, that goes for work as well as relationships. It has really 
been able to make a breakthrough for folks. I've seen it myself. So let me ask you this as a second part to this. Have you ever, do you believe that like people, that there are just some people that they're just, there's just no help. They're just going to be miserable no matter what. Have you come across that? Oh, okay. So I'm not going to name names. I really want to, but I won't do it. I, uh, you know, to protect the innocent and or the guilty, I won't do it. There are some, like for me personally, because I know that, um, especially in my early adult years, in my young 20s, I was really, really something like I was pretty much a jerk. Like, you know, my close friends, of course, would get behind me, but I really had some jerky behaviors, right? And so knowing that and just being able to see how far I've come, I literally don't give up on people. I don't believe in it. However, you know, kind of semicolon, however, comma, but uh, as far as we're talking about a client, someone who is, you know, taking up time and energy and things like that. Once you get someone to um, we can just call it kind of a stone wall or a brick wall, if they haven't made up in their mind, if they're kind of not turning over that leaf where they'll be able to think at least a little bit differently and really just kind of, you know, be more positive Then I have to say to them as a coach that, you know, hey, I think I've gone as far as I can go with you. But still, I'm the person, I don't believe in this cancel culture that we see a lot on social media. I still won't completely cut someone off. I'll still you know, if they, I can feel like they're really trying and they really want to make a change and do something, then then I'll help. But oh, if I could tell a quick story about one, let's call friend, because this was unpaid. I should have gotten paid for this. <laughs> um, um, this guy will always, and this is actually a former, I'll say former coworker without getting into so many specifics. Um, but this guy would, you know, always come to me and ask for, um, you know, advice about things at work, you know, applying for promotions, things like that, as well as things um, at home. But he had the toughest exterior and he just, you know, he had a really hard upbringing and he just kind of couldn't turn that leaf over. He unfortunately just had a lot, a lot of head trash going on and a lot of negative thinking. And so, like I said, you know, when I realized that I just kind of got as far as I could go with them, I just kind of had to limit our conversations. And, you know, again, not totally canceling it out, but it's just like, you're wasting my time and yours because you're stuck, you know, in this certain mindset that's not helping you or anyone else. And that's such a huge thing with, with Lob because, I mean, and, and Ernie mentioned it himself that he, he, he has, we both have in our own ways, in our personal lives and our, our past and everything, a lot of what you, with the, that term, that, that head trash and those thoughts going around and you kind of get yourself in these negative realms, especially in the work environment, because we found that a lot of um, our coworkers kind of feed into that negative energy. Yes. That's, yes. that's a big piece of it because you're surrounded by people that you're surrounded by. You're, you're, you can't avoid, you can't escape, you can't get away from them. So mm -hmm. what do you do? And then how do you limit it without it being rude? 
Right. And then the thing of it is, too, what I found is that sometimes folks in larger companies, they will have pools of us, we'll say us, pools of us that'll get together and have these sort of negative conversations about the higher ups, but no one's talking about solutions. No one's talking about how do we change it? How do we kind of, you know, break that door down and get through to, you know, whomever it is that seems to be causing the problems or, you know, getting the company um, culture all jacked up like that. Well, that's the biggest thing is it's a, the culture of the world around you affects your personal mood, your personal emotions, and, and how you're going to affect everything around you. And we're not going to ignore that because Ernie is, I think, busting a gut back there. I believe you have an ice cream truck right behind you. Um, that's, that's my belief. But, um, but I will definitely say that I find that counterculture – now, you talk about the social media – what part does that play in the coaching you do? Does that have a, a role to play? It does. And the thing about it is too much of anything isn't good, right? A few uh, years ago, we saw more things where folks were actually, especially in the summertime, drinking too much water. And, you know, they were um, experiencing different sicknesses along with that. So that was the one thing that we thought, okay, you could never get too much of. But we found out that that wasn't even true. So with that, I tell folks, not I shouldn't say tell, I encourage folks that social media, you have to kind of take it in doses. And I always say, think twice, post once, like really think about what it is that you want to post. Because a lot of us, and I find this unfortunately with um, some of my uh, female clients who may be experiencing issues with males, you know, opposite sex and dating and things like that. They want to post quotes and subliminal messages and everything. And I'm like, nine times out of 10, the person that you really wanted to target with that message is not seeing it. But then the other dangerous uh, thing is to on social media, you don't know what is happening on the other side of that click or the other side of that post. We always want to put the best story out there. But what I found is most people are hurting more than we know, and they're doing it privately. They're not, you know, like uh, Robert, you and Ernie, you, you know, you can vent to each other and that's good. That's so needed in that circle of friends. That is a support system, believe it or not. Even if it's just one person, two or three person, you need to have a real face-to-face physical outlet for that and not social media. That can be very, very dangerous. And adults actually participate in bullying just as much as teens and kids. So it can be very dangerous, actually. So that that leads me to my question. When you started this path, this journey of yours, was it before the social media explosion or during the social media explosion? During, during. So it's been, for me, the good piece of it is that my reach is wider, right? And that I can, um, I can get access, or people can get access to me both ways. And, you know, the Internet, I always say, really is a curse and a blessing. Like we can get those good messages out literally all over the world within just one click. But at the same time, you have um, I don't want to call out any uh, particular outlets, but 
when you have things, even like I talk to a lot of young ladies dealing with self-image issues, uh, for instance, and weight issues and things like that. So back in the day, we used to just have, you know, the print magazines and things like that, and then commercials on TV. But with social media, that stuff is 24-7, and they can just get bombarded, bombarded by it. So, you know, it's kind of a balance. They have more coming at them, but then I can get access to them to kind of help them navigate it too. So I'm right smack in the middle of it. Oh yeah, I mean, when it comes to social media, like I'm, I've, I always thought of myself as being somewhat like tech savvy, but once that social media thing exploded, it really got away from me. <laughs> yes, I, I agree. Oh my goodness! Uh, it, first, it was um, first it was the MySpace. Yes. Then, then it moved. Then it moved to Facebook. Yes. And then and then we had Twitter. Uh huh. Instagram. Um, oh my goodness! Don't even get me started on Instagram. <laughs> I didn't understand it. Like, what? What was the core things behind it? Like, I understood Facebook was like, you know, trying to trying to connect like people who knew each other, friends and stuff like that, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand Instagram because at one point it was like, yeah, I could see pick, I could see, I could start following people. Mm-hmm. And I guess that made them. Um, um, I guess that made them influencers. Well, the oh my gosh! Yes, I hate that word. <laughs> yes. And I had, and I had to learn this over years of like this. But like now, it's gotten to a point where like I talk to some people, uh, you know, in my age range, they can't open up their Instagram account in front of people. Like right. that's how bad it's gotten. Yes. Yes, I totally get it. And can I tell you a secret? It's almost embarrassing. (laughs) I literally just joined Instagram like three weeks ago. Like I avoided it like the plague. I was like, what do you mean you just post pictures and like, how does this work? What is this? Like, that's why we have, you know, we have Facebook already. You could put a picture there. So I've been trying to navigate that myself. And the thing about it is, Um, I think folks like it uh, because like Twitter, um, you know, the millennials and, you know, others that are interested, you do kind of have access to the celebrities because like, well, you think they're managing their own accounts. Right. And, you know, they say quippy little things and they post funny little videos. And so that part of it is fun. But there are so many companies that are on Instagram as well. And then you have these folks that are trying to be influencers. So they're doing all kind of crazy stunts or they're being, you know, overly exposing their bodies and things like that. And then it just kind of gets gross. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing too with me, because we, we've been on Instagram for a hot minute, not very long. I would say less than six months, Ernie, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Um, And I am not a huge fan of the medium at all for our purposes. We just, all we do on there is we post, because, you know, it goes back to that celebrities don't manage. Well, we're managing our own because we're that small of a celebrity. But um, <laughs> it's, it's a tough thing to figure out because me and Ernie have had this conversation about what we're doing. And obviously you've had it for your business is mm-hmm. how do you decide what your media outlets are going to be? And how do you decide which one's really the best for what you're trying to do from a business perspective? And then mm-hmm. – 
trying to go back and like, well, I want to be on there a little bit socially, but I don't want to do too much because then I'm literally on it 24-7 trying to manage these two things. Yes. of my life and you're like yes sometimes you and i have a very difficult time because the other piece of it that people don't talk about is it's exceedingly addictive yes. oh my god yes. and it's so i mean you want to talk about relationship breaker marriage yes. destroyer friend you know the whole thing could just go kaboom it's drawing yes. back to what you can do with it and the availability of that you don't have to have any self-control you do not it is not required yes yes and then i think um i was listening to a show and i don't remember the guest name that you guys had on a few weeks ago but um he said something that i totally totally agree with it really resounded with me is that how social media formularies work is that you can kind of create your own world and your own little bubble so you know it's like the stuff that you like and you know the stuff that you've clicked on previously because you know that's how it's built and that's what you know comes towards you but then in real life and you meet real people who don't agree with you and they have different motivations different agendas then you almost don't know how to deal with those people and that is what is really sad yeah you get so stuck behind a screen you can't deal with it in real life and anymore at all it just right it just gets bad. Wow. And, and that's a big thing. And we're, we're going we're gonna to actually talk a lot more social media, but I also want to get into one of the other sides of you as well here. I want to talk in a, in a brief moment after our brief commercial break about the, the, the ghost lover sci-fi uh, mystery side of you. So I want to talk about that here in a minute, but this is really cool stuff. Um, it's something we deal with every day in our, our podcast in, in the background of all the stuff we do. So we'll definitely get back more. But before we do that, we want to thank our, our two sponsors. First off, um, PodCoin. I want to talk about them for just a hot minute because not only can you listen listen to our podcast and hundreds of thousands of others, you also get credits and you can use those credits to either help charities out or give yourself a little something nice too. So come listen to us on PodCoin if you aren't already. And if you're not, go do it now. And of course, we wanted to thank our fine sponsor Anchor for hosting us here. And we're going to take a quick commercial break to listen about Anchor for a hot minute. And when we come back, we'll talk more with our very special guest uh, today, Artisha. So give us one moment. Seamless transition. And we're back. Ernie, I know it's a favorite topic of yours. Why don't you go first on talking and transitioning us, if you will, into the glorious world of supernatural? Ah, yes. So, um, whew, how to, where to begin? I would say from an early age, I've always had like that little bit of like curiosity when it comes to those type of stories and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, some things have stuck with me throughout the years. You know, my mom telling me stories about, you know, being a little girl, being in New York and like, you know, having the stories of living in the old buildings. And sometimes the old buildings that, you know, keep this energy from like previous tenants. And, you know, they, they mm -hmm. kind of run into them from time to time. So, but he, the thing is, is that I don't believe I've had that type of experience yet. Okay. You know, so 
I've always like very cognizant about it, and I'm always very curious when people tell me they've had an experience about it. So, um, like to open up the floor to you. Have you had an experience like that? Oh my gosh, I've had several, and it's been. I mean, it's no other word to say, but weird. It's just really weird to like, wait a minute. And you question yourself, like, okay, am I going crazy or is this really happening? But, you know, you have to kind of, you know, believe in yourself. So let me tell you about something that literally just happened about two weeks ago. And it's weird because I can honestly say, guys, everywhere that I've lived from um, from being a teen, I'll say. I can't I can't say that I was so much aware of it when I was a younger, younger kid. But from a teen, literally everywhere that I've lived, you know, with mom on my own or what have you, there has been a presence of a being that has met me there. And it hasn't always been the same person. And so just a couple of weeks ago, I was downstairs in the kitchen and my, and I didn't say anything to anybody, but it was my mom, my sister and myself. And we were literally just having a cup of coffee, chatting or whatever, you know, I was getting ready to go about my day. And um, I don't even remember what we were specifically talking about, but, you know, kind of cracking jokes. And I had on, you know, like kind of summer dress and something, someone just breathes by kind of the tail of my dress. And I looked. And so the dress isn't long. I have two puppies. I always say I'm a mom of two fur babies, but they're really little. And this thing that breezed by me, I was very aware immediately that they wanted me to know that they were there and they were friendly. And they just kind of breezed by, you know, as we we're cracking jokes. And it was kind of like, you know, they they thought it was funny too, I guess. It was it was the weirdest, weirdest thing. And I to to this day I never even mentioned it to my mom and my sister, but they know that I've had these experiences and they just kind of like are like, okay. All right. <laughs> do you, do, I mean, in the moment, do you do you have like that? I'm in the moment type feeling. Like sometimes in in TV shows and movies, it kind of seems like time kind of stands still for that moment, and things become super focused. Or is it just you have to think about it after it happens? I've had it happen both ways. This last time, and I will tell you in a second why I'm way more cognizant and attuned to stuff now. Um, but with that, in the moment, you do kind of get like a, a little bit of goosebumps. Again, this particular friendly presence definitely wanted me to know that they were there, but it wasn't a threat. It wasn't a harm. It wasn't a, you know, we were doing something to anger it, but it was just kind of like, hey, you know, I'm I'm here. I'm hanging out, too. And it, it was a I, I guess I will say, yes, it was just kind of a super focused like, yes, but only for like three seconds. Then, you know, you just kind of go back into the conversation, but just very aware of what just happened. Hmm. Now, I've had I've had one experience, but in my experience, it wasn't nice at all. Um, oh. Yeah, mine was definitely not a friendly whatever it was, person, entity, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it. Um, ours was in a, we were in a hotel room, uh, me and my 
my mm-hmm. first wife. Um, and we were traveling back from somewhere. It was late at night. And we stopped at this really kind of ratty motel. And we went into one of the rooms. And it, it, we just like – and she and it wasn't just me. Like we both felt it. So I knew I wasn't crazy. Mm-hmm. Have right. you only had the positive ones or have you had those kind of dark entities too? So now let me tell you about one that totally freaked me out. This was one of the bigger ones. I had to be about, I want to say 14 or 15. And so you know how you kind of camp out on the couch in the living room. You know, that's where the big TV is. (laughs) And I fell asleep there. And in the middle of the night, I swear to you, it had to be like two o'clock in the morning. Some, this was a male figure. I mean, I can see this figure in my head today. As far as what I could see, yeah. This guy had on like a white t-shirt and dark pants, you know, maybe jeans, but you know, dark pants. This guy crept through the window in my living room like looked around for a second, looked at me, you know, I'm pretending like I'm asleep, but I have my eyes cracked and I can see this guy, this guy. And he like, you know, takes a second, like trying to decide what he's going to do. And then he just decides to go out the door. He unlocks the door, which had, you know, deadbolt and then a smaller lock on the door and then leaves. And I was terrified. And so at the time, I thought it was an actual guy because, you know, that's what it looked like to me. And I was just like, did he think he was going to, you know, try to take the TV or, you know, steal something like what is this? I was living in uh, Washington, D.C. at the time and I was just terrified. And so I waited at least an hour. But naturally, I didn't go back to sleep. I didn't um, awake mom. But as soon as I could work up the courage, I called the police, called the police before I called mom. So I called the police. Then I was like, okay, I should tell mom that I called the police. So yeah, wake her up. And she's like, what, what are you talking about? Like somebody came in the window. Did they take the bars off? That's one of the first questions she asked and then the police. And so they check it and I completely forgot at the time that there was, because this was a first level apartment that we were in at the time, there was um, a bar to the window. You could remove it, but you know, you have to have like a screwdriver drill or whatever. And in that instant, when the, you know, police was checking the bars and asking me, so the guy, how big was he? Do you think he squeezed through the bars? That's when I knew that it was a ghost. And I was freaked out. I could not believe it. I I don't think I've ever seen one like that real. That is creepy. That is that is that is what if you're if if you're into it and you want to see it, that's what you live for. And if you're not, you just experience it. You're like, I don't want to experience that ever again. Because most of the time, never. (laughs) And most of the time, I believe that you kind of see or you feel, but that's crazy that you actually like saw saw it. You know, that's not common. Yes. That's like the rare version of it. Uh, exactly. Exactly. I mean, and I was, like I said, I was a kid, but I was absolutely terrified. But there was no way. It was literally humanly impossible for any, the skinniest 
of I'm talking about somebody who, you know, just thinking as a kid, like I identified this guy thinking that he was like maybe, you know, early 20s or something. No way any 20 year old guy, no matter how thin, could have squeezed through how these bars were set up on the window. Just no way. That is absolutely insane. Wow. Yes. <laughs> so, so total, how many experiences have you had? And you did say you're going to tell us why you think you're more attuned to them. <laughs> okay, so I totally, totally, I want to say that I am, I'm over 10 now, guys. Wow. I am, I'm over, especially with, um, with, you know, this thing that happened a couple of weeks ago. I'm over 10. I am very, very thankful. And I do, I believe in angels. I believe in guardian angels that will kind of, you know, nudge and hint you things to do and not do. So um, this will just one quick story. I'm not a being, but just kind of something that I feel like a guardian angel, um, a football game that I was trying to uh, attend and, you know, making all of these arrangements. But literally every time I was trying to, you know, to trying to get the tickets, to trying to get um, a ride at the time, because, you know, this is my, you know, late teens, everything was falling through and I just could not get to this game to the point where, you know, my girlfriend didn't want to go with me, couldn't get a ride. Mom was like, you're definitely not going by yourself, like everything. So I honestly had to go home, you know, it was nothing else for me to do. That very game was the game, some rival team, kids from some other school or whatever, shot at folks in the stands there was no, thank God, no fatalities, but several injuries at this game, the only game of the year that that happened. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So, like, I totally believe in guardian angels, but on why I'm more attuned to um, things now, because, again, it's happened through the years, right? Um, it's happened so much. Um, well, I'll say so much more than average, but in two. 2018, just a little over a year ago, this was May of 2018, I was fighting this illness, which is, you know, what helped usher me out of the corporate world and into, um, you know, business on my own. I went into a coma, actually. Doctors didn't know what was going on. They're, you know, trying to, you know, see what kind of treatment and medicines that um, I needed to have to get better because um, I was actually experiencing um, heart failure and respiratory failure. Like they were kind of like tag teaming me and I was just like, oh no. But during the time when I was in the coma and this was not a dream guys, like the people have asked me, the few folks that I've shared it with, um, this was not a dream. My spirit left my body. I could see things happening in the hospital, not even in like my room. I didn't see myself, but I saw other patients. And then I traveled almost like, you know, like warp speed. I traveled literally my spirit. I was a presence in two distinct locations. One which uh, was in America, I believe it to be middle America, just because of the people, um, you know, the accents and how folks were talking. I was at a convenience store. I could see people purchasing things, you know, just regular beer, cigarettes. There was um, a clerk behind the counter 
or what have you. They didn't know that I was there, but I'm there. I'm watching all of this go on. And in my consciousness at the time, I'm just like, okay, why am I here? What is going on? Then, you know, moments later, again, you know, kind of like warp speed. Like I wasn't floating or traveling, but it was just like I was physically present at this place. Then I was physically present at, uh, metaphysically, I guess, present at another place, which was in the Caribbean. And I mean, this was like a rave. It, first of all, it was so much fun. I was just like, I really would like to be here myself. Folks were dressed to the nines and the music was loud and it was just so many colors. And I'm just like, wow, is this really happening? I'm looking again, folks can't see me, but I can see them and they're enjoying themselves. And then again, in my consciousness, what the messaging that I was receiving from that experience, because those two instances happen all in kind of one thing was that there are so many cultures all over the world. There are so many events all over the world and it has to be time out for name calling, time out for bashing. And the messaging that I was getting is just about love and light. And literally that is what, again, helped usher me even into the empowerment work that I've been doing as of late. I just felt such a joy with these very different people who were completely unaware that I was there. And then, you know, after a while, I was just back present in my body back there in the hospital. Wow. That's insane. Now, let me ask. Now, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm not sure you're going to go fly to the Caribbean to see if you can find that party. But <laughs> did, did, did you feel like I I have to go find these places in the real, like in my own body to, to kind of prove to myself that I'm not crazy because that's, that's, and you're, you're talking, it sounds like you were talking when you had these experiences, like you could feel taste touch, but they just couldn't see you. I mean, could you full senses the whole thing? Yes, exactly. Right. Like when I'm telling you folks were buying beer and cigarettes and like, you know, I was in the store and in the parking lot and I'm seeing these people and they're interacting and like I said, the messaging that I was getting is that there, you know, in other words, to kind of take my eyes for me not to be so closed, focused on, you know, just my culture or the people that I can kind of put my hands on, but that there are all kinds of people all over the world. And I'm sure you guys have heard the phrase, it takes all kinds. That is literally the messaging that I was getting. It takes all kinds. There are all kinds of people all over the world and we spend so much time judging one another and saying things again we talked about on social media but it takes all kinds and all we really need to do is is love each other it's a great thing to take away from it you know what it kind of reminds me of i don't know if you ever watched the series uh sense eight it was a netflix special from a way from a way back and you know what? I remember trailers from that, but I didn't actually catch yeah, it myself. Yeah, basically the, the idea was is that the characters could literally go into each other's bodies no matter where in the world they lived. 
and they were from all mm-hmm. over the world. So it's kind of that the kind of concept of they're they're having an out of body out of their body experience and going into or being able to see what other people were doing in other parts of the the world. It was kind of crazy, um, and it sounds very much mm-hmm. like a, a very similar experience because usually when you hear people talk about out of out of body experiences, and you hear about them all the time to the point where it can't be just. Mm-hmm somebody's mind playing tricks or something there has to be something real to you hear it so often but you usually don't hear about them traveling you hear about them they're in the hospital Mm -hmm. they see around there was that episode Mm -hmm. of supernatural Mm -hmm. where they did it but you don't hear like they went to another state or another country that's so different Mm -hmm. have you heard of other people having that similar experience like you did or has it really just been either they've never had it or they just had it where they just kind of floated or they kind of saw Right. When I've talked to folks about it, I've heard of them, you know, um, in the more kind of floating aspects or things that they've seen. But I have not heard very many. I won't say any, but I haven't heard very many um, people that have traveled like me, like to actually experience other people, you know, that they did not know that weren't related to them or anything. Um, I've talked to folks who. Um, went back and had a shared experience with a deceased loved one and things like that, which I've never experienced that. I, I think that's a little mm-hmm. scary, but it's also a little cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I wouldn't be completely close to it, but I haven't um, experienced that myself. But yeah, I haven't um, spoken to anyone who's had an experience like mine at all. And it, it really is a trip, but I, I know what, actually happened and that happened to me that's insane how long were you in this coma for uh two days this time so uh, and then that's another thing too again battling this um this illness and then misdiagnosis just our healthcare system really just needs help i won't get on that soapbox (laughs) but but um i was this was um may of 2018 with this particular experience but um, back in March, yes, back in March of 2018, um, because of um, just kind of doctors just not focusing on what they needed to focus on, I was in a coma again for like a day and a half, and I did not have this experience again, which just says to me that I know I'm not making um, this up. My family had to tell me that I had been out for a day and a half, almost two days that time. But this time it was um, it was two two full days, and again, you know, I woke up literally in the ICU, them not knowing what the heck was going on. Wow, that is absolutely insane, absolutely crazy. Well, so I have a question for you, considering how you have such insight to this, you've experienced this before, um, and I kind of liken it to like people who have um, who have served in the military. And have served combat. A lot of them don't like watching war movies or movies with gratuitous violence, specifically gun violence or explosions, um, things on that nature. Do you ever like come across something like media-wise, like you'll see a, a commercial, a trailer for something, and it draws you it, and it kind of uh, deflects you away from it because you're like they're 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 totally getting it wrong, or are you like oh my gosh, that's exactly what it is? Have you 
Have you had any one of those experiences? I've had both of those experiences. And let me tell you, uh, my husband actually, because, you know, naturally I've talked to him about this stuff. And he's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Um, but, you know, he believes me, which is good, you know, just to have a supportive spouse like that. But he sent me uh, an article of a lady that had um, a similar experience, um, just kind of near death. And the things that she saw as far as, so another piece um, of it um, was I was, you know, at this place that I couldn't identify. And I just remember just this huge field. I don't even want to call it a field because I didn't see any physical grass, but it was out in this open space with just tons and tons of flowers, beautiful, vibrant colors and smells. And I was at such a peace in this place and in this state. And literally I'm reading an article. I wanna say this lady might've been in um, Indiana or something. Um, but reading this article, this lady was describing the exact same thing to uh, to her husband. And I was floored. Like, I literally was in tears reading it because I'm like, that is exactly what happened to me. So it, it it is real. It has happened to folks, not just myself. But sometimes when, um, and you know, art imitates life, right? So um some TV shows and movies, they try to capture it. And, you know, sometimes they get close and then sometimes they all way off. And I'm just like, this is crap. <laughs> <laughs> you you, you kind of become a, a, a strange expert on it after a while, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm like, I need to be a consultant on this. Like, call me, you know. <laughs> you have you have a very large repertoire of things you can do now. You can you can coach. You can guide them through the uh, going outside of their own body thing. You you have like all kinds yeah. of areas. Um, but I did want to give you some time because we we've, we've been doing this if you can believe it for almost fifty minutes. It's crazy how lost we got. Oh, I know, wow. right? Um, but I did want to give you some time before we 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 give a glorious end to really kind of promote. You said you had a book. You had some stuff you wanted to talk about. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure you get the chance to talk about all the things that you're currently doing and how you're helping so many people in so many different ways. Oh, right. I love it. And again, this has been a blast just chatting with you guys. Um, but I definitely want folks to check out my website, which is tboldmedia.com. Because again, I'm T-Bold Media Group. So it's tboldmedia.com. And there you will find my new book, which is entitled Journal for Your Journey. And it is an actual paperback journal. It is a 31-day uh, journal that has daily affirmations and prayers for those that are into it. But there is a space for you to actually enter a journal entry as well as date it. And I found that this has been really helpful for folks. You heard me talk about uh, my issues with um, my health and um, some things that I share in the book were really key in me being the healthy, vibrant queen that I am today. So I recommend Journal for Your Journey to um, anyone. And also in folks' spare time, I would love them to check out my podcast, which is called Bold Journeys. And I spell journeys with two Z's on the end. And the two Z's are actually for the two holidays that I had to spend in the hospital 
away from my family. So um, check that out as well. And all the links are on uh, my website, tboldmedia.com. You can check out the journal for your journey, my new book, or the Bold Journeys podcast. And what I always say to folks is what we're doing over at T-Bold Media is we're conquering great things through power, passion, and purpose. Nice. Love it. And you, you forgot you forgot the bonus. They go to T-Bold Media. They'll actually see a very, very nice picture of you as well. Oh, aren't you sweet? <laughs> Thank right you. There, personally, it's like, ah, that's what she looks like. Okay. I'm going to, and you're holding your book very nicely done. <laughs> yes. If they want to know what the weird ghost lady looks like, just go to tboldmedia.com. <laughs> well, well, we got to have you on and talk to you some more about this. We got to have some subsequent episodes yeah. if you're willing. Oh, I would love it, guys. Just let me know when. <laughs> Yay. A, a new yeah. member to the Two Nerds family here, right here with Artisha. I love, I love it. it. Tbold Media. Plus, we got to find Ernie well, a girlfriend. Oh yeah, that's that's gonna be the other yeah. mystery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are gonna make all the mysteries come true, whether they're ghost related, giving yourself empowerment, or getting Ernie a girlfriend. So, Ernie, if you will, start us off on the right foot. <laughs> Peace out, everyone. We will see you guys next time. And that's another episode of Two Nerds and a Joke. Follow Robert and Ernie on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and subscribe to their YouTube channel.